Hello, City Church. This is City Church Together for Tuesday, October 5th. I know many of you out there are fall broken, praying for your healing. October 5th, Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Uh, We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 10 today as we tackle another hero journal. And uh, Proverbs 10, verses 1 through 16. Remember, you can get all of daily readings, at least five days a week, on our application on your smartphone. Just download Burrow City Church in the App Store, and you will find all kinds of wonderful content there. All right? It's free. Absolutely free. In the meantime, also, I think unless we've changed it, our app is like for 17 plus, and that's because this can get out of hand sometimes. Not really. I just, I don't know what it is. Um <laughs> Here we go. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1 through 16. Solomon's Proverbs. A wise son brings joy to his father, but a foolish son heartache to his mother. Ill-gotten gains do not profit anyone, but righteousness rescues from death. The Lord will not let the righteous go hungry, but he denies the wicked what they crave. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. The son who gathers during summer is prudent. The son who sleeps during harvest is graceful. Blessings on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. The remembrance of the righteous is a blessing, but the name of the wicked will rot. A wise heart heart accepts commands, but foolish lips will be destroyed. The one who lives with integrity lives securely, but whoever perverts his ways will be found out. A sly wink of the eye causes grief, and foolish lips will be destroyed. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflicts, but love covers all offenses. Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of the one who lacks sense. The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. The wealth of the rich is a fortified city. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The reward of the righteous is life. The wages of the wicked is punishment. And that is Proverbs 10, verse 1 through 16. Um, All right, to highlight, first, I love uh, the way this one starts out because what you have, interestingly enough, in the first nine chapters of, um, of Proverbs, if you have been reading along with us, um, you actually have a lot of, um, it, it actually kind of flows, you know, there's this, there's kind of characters, Lady Wisdom, and there's this, and then there's a seductress, and um, it, then you get to 10, and it's as if the writer of Proverbs just gets kind of tired of, like, trying to string it together, and then he just goes into absolute brain dump, and he's like, you know what, chapter 10, let's just call this Solomon's Proverbs, and he just gathers them all up, so it can be difficult um, and, and maybe um, not even intended here as you read the Proverbs to like tie all these necessarily together. Um, but they, they do fit. And one thing that I would encourage you to do as you read the Proverbs is to read it with a pen. And like, you know, on my page, I, I, I try to make connections between these small little pieces of, of Proverbs and the way that they connect to, to one another. And when a particular theme is being mentioned all the time. So in what we just read today, what I want to highlight is that there is a lot of talk in these, in these first 16 verses about um, 
the righteous and the wicked, which is common for Proverbs, and also the lips, what the righteous and the wicked speak, also um, what the righteous and the wicked do regarding money. For example, there uh, you have in verse 2, um, ill-gotten gains do not profit anyone, but righteous rescues from death. Um, and then you also have this idea of working, you know, that comes in. Idle hands make one poor, but diligent hands bring riches. So the, those proverbs are not in there, like, just to give you sort of general advice on, um, on uh, making money. Um, the, the, again, these proverbs are forming us. They're forming an image of us, of what God is like, because don't forget, this is still the revelation. When we're reading scripture, this is a message, a revelation of who God is and who we are as image bearers from him. So we're not just, we're not only getting instruction here. We're getting a picture of God, of what God loves, of what his character is like. And you got to keep that in mind through the entire Bible. But let's focus in here in particular on uh, verse uh, 11 and then some of the verses after that. So verses 11 through 16. So look at 11. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Now, I love Proverbs like Proverbs um, 10, 11, because it's a direct, all contained in the little fortune cookie kind of verse. It's a direct comparison. So it's very easy to um, see the contrast. We're both, we're both talking about mouths. So when we talk about a mouth, we are talking about two things. Number one, we're talking about words, okay? That's what mouth means. But we're also talking about, think of what Jesus, uh, Jesus says is like, you're, you're not unclean because of what you take into the mouth. You are unclean because of what comes out of the mouth. And that doesn't mean like as soon as you say a cuss word, you're unclean. That's not what he means by that. What he means is that your mouth is an expression of what's already in you. So like you go to the New Testament, Jesus is talking about what comes out of your mouth makes you unclean. His point is you're already unclean. You don't go out and do something and then you become unclean, which is sort of, you know, the pharisaical idea of I am clean until I X, Y, Z. No, no, you are unclean. It is in you and it is going to come out. Okay. So that's the idea that we have when we're talking about mouth. We're, yes, we're talking about words, but we're also talking about sort of the spout of the heart. So whatever is in the heart, that's going to come out of the mouth. All right, so the mouth, what is the mouth of the righteous like? Um, so when we say righteous, we're talking about the mouth of those who are in good standing with God, okay? So the mouth of the righteous is, and look at this, a fountain of life. It is a fountain of life. Okay, let's talk about that metaphor for a minute. Picture a fountain right now. If you're driving, leave your eyes open, okay? Picture a fountain right now. Something that I know about a fountain is that a fountain, um, you know, a natural fountain, a natural fountain is going to be obviously tied to a source. And so there's this kind of the source isn't drying up. Um, think of a, a, a spring. But I think it's even helpful like for us to understand the fountain. I think the principle stands. Um, think about the fountain, uh, you know, like out in front of a bank. Um, there's one here in Murfreesboro. There's a fountain out in front of a bank that I cannot remember the name of it. I just remember people throw soap suds in there sometimes, and it also freezes. Um, but a fountain. So you know the way that fountains, if you were to go to Lowe's or Home Depot and buy yourself a fountain in the outdoor garden thing, what that fountain does is it continually, without stop, is pumping water. 
Now, in our artificial fountains, we're pumping the same recycled water, but not true of a natural fountain. A natural fountain is pulling from a source and is constantly giving clean, fresh water. And that clean, fresh water is life-giving water. It is the opposite of stagnant water that is not moving, that does not have a source. It's constantly moving. That's what living water is. Living water is water that's moving. It's coming from a source. It's just not stagnant sitting there. Jacob, wake up. Um, <laughs> um, I'm putting Jacob to sleep, everybody. Nothing's new. Um, so the, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, all right? That is what, when we are attached to God, that is what our heart is, and then what comes out of that, our message, if you knew what my heart was and my message was, that's what our heart is, and therefore it comes off. Okay, so and now it is life-giving. Think of all the animals that come and drink from a fountain. Um, it is a source of life. Think about the life that happens, the diversity of life that happens around the fountain. All kinds of different animals that might be predators can put aside their you know, attack method with each other or um, predators and prey because they have a common need for this. So fountain of life, you are constantly giving off, the righteous are constantly giving off something out of our mouths that give life to others, that, that bring diversity, that break down quarrels, right? Which you can read all about that in Proverbs. Okay, so that's, that's the picture. Get it. Like that metaphor is powerful. See it in your head. That is the intent of the writer of Proverbs. Picture that life-giving fountain connected to a source, just giving of itself in a way that is life-giving and is peacemaking, right? Now, the opposite, in the mouth of the wicked, the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Now think about what we're talking about, right? The mouth of the wicked conceals violence. All right, let's talk about that word conceals, hides, puts away, lies, doesn't tell the truth, covers up. And what are we covering up? Violence. Now, we're typically going to think about violence. And the first thing we're going to think of is like, you know, taking a blunt object to someone's head. Yeah. Getting in a fist fight. But expand your understanding of violence for a minute. Violence is any way that we denigrate the image of God in another person. You know, when Jesus is, you know, you have heard it said this way, do not murder, but I tell you if you've hated anyone in your heart that you have already committed murder. You've broken this commandment. So um, that is violence. I've hated someone. I have dehumanized someone in my head. And now, now notice, notice that it doesn't just stop here. The mouth of the wicked speaks violence. That is true. But he goes further here. The opposite of a life-giving fountain is the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. In other words, look at this. I have been violent. I have hated someone in my heart, and now I am hiding it from you with my words. So I'm, I'm lying. I'm not being what? Confessional. All right. How do we apply this? One of the ways we apply it is in our corporate gathering. We have a specific, now I don't know what you do in our time of confession, okay? But we try to usher one in every week. Hello, 90s fans. Okay, we usher in a time of confession. We usher it in. We usher in a time of confession. Google it, look it up. Please enjoy it, okay? We have a time of confession in our services, not so we can transition, you know, to the next thing. We have a time of confession because corporately, like we want to lean into 
pressing against, pushing back on this tendency of wickedness to conceal our violence that we have during our week thought of people not as image bearers of God, but as less than human. And so confession means, no, we will not conceal the violence that we've had in our hearts. We will expose it. How can we expose it? It's the same reason we can take seriously that we are righteous. We all know we can't take seriously that we're righteous based on our actions, right? Because any of us in any given week can just, we could just go through a video and point out that was not righteous, unrighteous, unrighteous, unrighteous. And yet, because of like what First Peter's telling us, we are righteous because we have the imperishable blood of the lamb, the spotless blood or the, the blood of the spotless lamb. We have this imperishable seed that we've been given. We have the gospel, the good news that Jesus died and resurrected. Therefore, we can not act like the wicked and out of our mouth conceal violence. Instead, we can confess our violence, which then, following our confession, a reestablishment of sort of our covenant or a reminder of the covenant that we have with God that he loves us no matter what. He sees our violence and still loves us and embraces. He sees it so much that he let that violence come on him on a cross and rip him to shreds, dehumanize him, even though he was already God who became him. You know, he was Philippians 2. He was dehumanized all the way down to being ripped apart and buried on a cross. He wasn't buried on a cross. He ripped apart on a cross and then buried And that is in that that we can become the mouth of the righteous and a fountain of life. But it takes both of those. It takes both of these. It takes not, on one hand, we've got to press against concealing our violence. And we've had, what's the opposite of concealing violence? Confessing violence. And then, and only then, can we be the mouth of the righteous and be a fountain of life. And what is the life that we'll give to other people? Well, primarily, it will be reminding them of like what First Peter is telling us. Here is the gospel. This is what Christ has done. You are forgiven. You are loved. You, you don't think that's life to people? To hear that they are forgiven and loved by the God of the universe? To hear that he knows everything they've ever done. He knows every violent thought they've ever had and yet loves them so deeply that he died for them. That is beautiful. And so that is the mouth of the righteous. It's a fountain of life, and the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. City Church, let's not conceal violence. Let's confess, and let's be a fountain of life to one another, encourage one another as you see the day approaching, and also to our city. Let's be a city on a hill, salt and light in the world. Let's be silent now and pray, and perhaps you can pray a prayer of confession of your own violence. Heavenly Father, you're reminding me today of the um, Khalid and Marshmallow song, as you so often do to your saints throughout church history. Um, You're reminding me of that song this morning, I found peace in your violence. I found peace in your violence. Lord, our violence brings this dehumanization, this ripping apart, and yet the violence that you took on the cross brings us peace. We bring chaos with our violence, and so you took our violence on you to bring us peace. What an unfair trade, and yet by it we can become the righteous who are a fountain of life instead of spewing the kind of ugly things that we constantly spew out of our mouth and we try to make ourselves 
the point of the universe. And in doing that, we have to denigrate others. Lord, make us today fountains of life because we know our righteousness comes from you instead of concealers and hiders of violence because even though we dehumanize others, we don't want to admit it and we want to hide it to make us look like the righteous. And yet, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, able to divide between soul and spirit, bone and marrow, and it leaves us bare today. And yet, we're not afraid. We are not afraid to be laid bare by your Word today because we have a great high priest who empathizes with us in our weakness. And he's done what no high priest could ever do, and that has become the sacrifice once for all for our sin. Thank you for Jesus, and now we are fountains instead of concealers. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. City Church, go be a fountain, go multiply the gospel.